Hello, you're listening to Strong and Motivated, where you will find stories, words of encouragement, and scriptures intended to motivate you to positive action. I'm your host, and my name is Kina Small. I was recently reminded of the episode, Go in Faith and Be Prepared for Adversity. It seems the last three weeks have been challenging as I prepared each episode and recorded. The challenges kept mounting over the weeks, and last week I wasn't in a position to post the episode. There were major challenges, and I was able to reflect on the episode where I talked about when you step out in faith and go the distance with what you feel called to do, there will come a time when you get to see what you're made of and also where you put your faith or should I say, who or what you put your faith in. With that being said, I missed being able to upload this particular episode last week, and I am sorry you missed it too, but here I am fully persuaded. I am doing what I am supposed to be doing, and God is on my side with this. Today's episode, Fully Persuaded, is intended to encourage you to think about what it is you believe about your current situation, your life overall, past and present, and how do you apply those beliefs in comparison to God's Word concerning your life. When my boys were young, they had a regular visit to get their hair cut. They would go with their father and usually after each visit, the barber or stylist, who was an older woman, my husband who was a youth, would always give the boys a treat or their father would purchase something for them. It was a special father-son time for both of our boys. They would get candy or a soda on many of the occasions. We didn't buy or keep candy and soda in our home, so they were always excited to get a haircut with a treat in mind. One particular day, our youngest son wanted to go to McDonald's, which by the way, wasn't a regular for our family either. My husband told him that they wouldn't be doing that. Essentially, he said no. My son, the youngest, replied, Dad, if we go there, it will save you money or be the same as what you sometimes pay for our treats at Miss Betsy's. By the time he finished telling his father about the value of what he wanted and the cost savings, it became a yes. My husband was fully persuaded he wasn't taking the boys until he was convinced otherwise. My young son was able to change his father's mind with a few facts, a little persuasion, and a cute face. That day, I realized we had a very convincing and logical thinking child. From that day on, as I recognized his unique gift of persuasion, we had to make sure it was tailored with God's word and the value system of the Bible. Fortunately, as it turns out, his academic and biblical home training, as well as his military background, has been an excellent structural foundation for him. Also, he has the ability to logically think through situations, especially ones concerning biblical principles or what he believes when speaking with other people. How many times have you been persuaded to change your mind about something you knew was right or wrong or was just persuaded to go along even if it wasn't anything wrong with it, just something you didn't want to participate in? We all have ideas of how we would like for things to unfold concerning our lives. We have different beliefs and we can become so convinced something is or should be a certain way, 
we are not open to the truth or have no idea what the truth really is. There are specific instructions in the Bible concerning what we should do and also how things are to be done. Of course, every situation is different and therefore we need to seek God concerning specifics for the way we should go. I find that generally it is easy for people to give in and follow the path others are going on or just listen to what other people feel is the path you or someone else should take. God is clear on the fact that we should seek him first. In fact, the scripture, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you, is found in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. What does that actually mean and what are these things? I believe the reference is we shouldn't put all the things we worry about and desire before God. We must include him when we are continually thinking about what we want and desire to have or accomplish without including God. He's giving instruction for us to seek him first and he will give us what we need and also what we desire within the realm of his desires for you. Many times there are divisive ways that are put before us that pull us away from God and we begin seeking answers for ourselves. There has been for many years a movement that continues to motivate people to inquire and follow with the anticipation of doing and attracting the things they desire. It is called the New Age Movement and it has been around for quite a while and I see it on the rise again. I have two definitions for this movement. The first one, it's the New Age Movement. It's a movement that spread through the occult and metaphysical religious communities in the 1970s and 80s. It looked forward to a new age of love and light and offered a foretaste of the coming era through personal transformation and healing. Listen to this scripture in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It's the New International Version. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As the scripture states, we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, and that is through the word of God. We are not to conform to the pattern the world has set for us. The second um, definition I found from Simple English um, Wikipedia, it goes, The New Age, also called the New Age Movement, is a kind of spiritual belief and a way of life held by some Westerners. It is not an organized religion. They believe in religious pluralism, that people are free to decide what they believe and how they use it in their lives. They pick and mix what they believe with bits taken from both Eastern and Western culture and religions. They make their own decisions about what God is and how they worship God. 
if they even believe in God at all. And then I have another version of the scripture that I read earlier. It's the King James Version, and it states, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do you prove that? You prove it by renewing your mind through God's word, his instructions. So much of the New Age movement is based on spiritual inquisitions, prolonged and intensive seeking and investigation of something one would hope to fulfill desires that cause people to fall into deceptive practices. I believe it is true that when you hang with people that are negative, you generally end up with other people that are negative and continue on the path of negativity, etc. So that would be, you know, you're attracting something, but, and there is a but to this thought. When you base your desires on attracting things based on positive thinking or other methods that do not line up with scripture and take you away from or leave God out of the equation, you leave yourself open to other things that cause you to fall away from the very nature of God's word, which is the ultimate help you need for success. If you are not a follower of Christ, you might not fully understand this, but for those who are followers, keep in mind there are forces in life that work for you and those who work against you. You want to be on the right side of receiving what it is you need and not seeking what you want outside of God's plan for you. If you understand God has a plan, then allow him to get you where you need to be and what you need his way. We must be fully persuaded the word of God is the truth we need and follow the plan in place for us. Do not try and make another plan outside of what God has for you. Many times this will lead to frustration and a path that continues going round and round until you get it right. How many times have you seen people that continue doing the same thing over and over and over and never seem to get it right? Let God add all of these things to your life, whatever these things might be for you. There was a king in the Bible. His name was Saul. Whenever he wanted direction previously, he would seek Samuel, who was a prophet of God. Samuel would relay God's message to the king, but this time King Saul decided to go another way. He wasn't getting answers from God, and Samuel was no longer around. Saul had to make some important decisions concerning an army that was bound to attack them, and he didn't know what to do. He was very afraid and needed answers. Fear can be the culprit of causing us to become impatient and get ahead of God or do what we think is best outside of the plan God has for us. The prophet Samuel, the one he generally went to so he could inquire of the Lord, was dead. So Saul went to a medium for answers. The very man who had made it a law 
or cut off all mediums and spiritists from the land, was now seeking another way of communicating with the dead for answers, answers he previously received from God, and this practice of calling up spirits that are dead is an occult practice. Saul went from seeking God to seeking answers from another source. He received the answers, but they were not what he expected. In fact, he was told because he disobeyed God, he would die the next day. You can read the full story in 1 Samuel chapter 28, verses 3 through 25. Where do you go for answers? Think about your challenges. Are you fully persuaded God is who he says and will do what he says? Or are you seeking another way? There is another story in the Bible about a man. His name was Peter, and he was one of the disciples. He and the other disciples were in a boat crossing the sea. They had gone ahead of Jesus and would wait for him on the other side. As the evening wore on, the wind and waves became disturbingly high. It was a storm. As the disciples looked out over the water while experiencing the tossing about, they saw a man. Thinking it possibly a spirit, they became afraid. I would like to make a point here before we go on. There will be times in our lives where we experience fear, but fear doesn't come from God. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That scripture is found in 2 Timothy verse 1, chapter 1, verse 7. It doesn't mean we won't experience being fearful, but the Bible calls fear a spirit, and it states it doesn't come from God. When we get in situations and become fearful, God would desire we trust Him enough to see us through. Okay, so back to the story. The disciples were in the boat, heading to the other side, and after seeing the man, Peter called out, and Jesus answered. He told Peter and the rest of the disciples to not fear. Peter told Christ to allow him to walk on water to him if he were in fact Jesus. It took me a while to wrap my head around this request. I kept thinking, why in the world would Peter want to get out of the boat into the vastness of the stormy sea and walk on water heading to Jesus? I assumed because he had seen Christ do miracles before and knew if it were Jesus he would be safe and it would prove that he is who he says he is. Anyway, he told Peter to get out of the boat and come toward him. That was a daring request and move on Peter's part. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on water. Peter had to be fully persuaded it was Christ, and Christ would allow this miracle or he wouldn't have gotten out of the boat in the first place. Peter began to walk on water for a bit, and then something happened. Peter was fully persuaded in the beginning and lost faith in what he initially believed. He began to sink. Of course, as he cried out to Jesus for help, Jesus immediately helped him. But he also asked, why did Peter begin to doubt and become afraid? He told him he had very little faith. I love the fact that Jesus didn't scold him, but he did ask him why he made the choice he made, and he also confirmed a true fact that Peter had little faith. How about you? Where or what do you put your faith in? 
I can tell you when you are trying to rely on God and follow His lead, it can be challenging. As I said in a previous podcast, listening for God to direct and know the way you should go is challenging enough. And then you have to have the courage to step out and do what you feel is right. For me, starting the podcast after my conference and other opportunities were shut down because of the pandemic was an eye-opener for me. Everything taking place caused me to look at how I had previously done things. The coaching, ministry, preaching, or any other way I could shine light on God's kingdom principles and help people overcome challenging obstacles was all being shut down, or so it seemed. In actuality, all the changes became more of a convenience for me. My family responsibilities are easier because I am more stationary, I travel less, my online community has grown, and the monetary value is just as good and better in some cases because of the less overhead. But in the beginning, it was a daunting task. I felt God prompting me to make the changes over a year ago. But I was pushed to do it because I would always fall back on the way it was as opposed to just doing it and moving forward. I was forced into doing it a new way. Also, I started out great after finally getting going and then there were glitches along the way. And I began to question the path and wonder if I should draw back. God kept encouraging me and here I am getting more comfortable every day. How about you? Is your faith in God growing or shrinking back? Be encouraged and go. Some people put their faith in money. Some put their faith in other religious beliefs like Buddhism, Scientology, or other beliefs that do not line up with God's Word. But I have come to shed light and declare the Word of the Lord. The scripture in John 14 verse 6 makes it plain. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way. And even if you do not believe it, it is true. And he has come so you can have life and an abundant one. You can search and search and you can do many things and experience many levels of fleshly desires, but you will never be fully fulfilled until you do it God's way. The Bible is clear on this. When you have questions as to how you can be saved, In Acts chapter 31, someone was inquiring how they could be saved. And this is what was said. The scripture is, and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Put your faith in God and allow Jesus the opportunity to lift you out of the storm and the waters that are drowning you. Have faith in his ability to do what he says and help you with what you need. I am here as an encouragement and to let you know we have all had ye of little faith moments. The challenge is when we do, we should cry out to Jesus for help, just like I did and just like Peter in the Bible. Jesus will be there for you too. All right then, until next time.